Welcome to another episode of the Forgotten Athlete Podcast with your host Joseph. How's everybody doing today? Uh, hopefully everybody's had a great week. Um, new start to a new week. Um, today is August 28th, almost the end of the month. Um, for all the people who are in sales or people with quota, good luck this week. Hopefully you make it. If you don't, you got another month to make it again, right? Um, just wanted to, you know, discuss a couple things. Uh, today, um, you know, Nebraska is awful. Scott Frost needs to be fired. Uh, just got a text from an alumni, and he um, does not, um, you know, say thinks the same thing. Um, and then I got um, Tom Brady to talk about um, and the Buccaneers' expectations, as well as uh, some more NFL news with the Niners. Uh, struggle in the preseason. Um, you know, I think that they struggled a lot to um, kind of pan out what they wanted to do uh, for the regular season, or maybe they're not showing a lot. I know they're without Elijah Mitchell, and um, you know, a lot of their starters did not play a lot, but they didn't look too good. Uh, especially uh, was that Friday night or Thursday night? Um, Amazon deal. Wanted to talk about that. Um, you know, with the uh, streaming um, service, um, and talk about um, how um, this will affect. Um, the rest of the uh, streaming for uh, sports. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, wanted to, you know, you know, discuss all that uh, in this episode. But I think we can start from the Tom Brady. Um, actually, let's start from Nebraska because that was yesterday. Um, and um, it was extremely disappointing. Um, since the, since Scott Frost has been there, there's a record. I think he's like 3-20 and 20 in a uh, game decided by eight points or less, right? So, um, yesterday happened again. So now he's three and 21 or whatever the case, uh, I don't have the record in front of my face, but it's something along those lines. Right. And, um, just, you know, Nebraska was supposed to have a great season this year. Uh, I forget my, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just disappointed just because I picked Nebraska to, uh, be good this year, competitive, win about eight, nine games this year, even, you know, possibly win 10 games. Um, and, you know, and be in the Big Ten uh, playoffs. I'm sorry, Big Ten uh, uh, Conference Championship. Um, but after yesterday, losing to Northwestern, it's clear where their season's headed. And that's the same thing as last year. So there are 11 point. Well, let's start off from the scratch. They start off as 17 point favorites. People start, you know, like that's not that people start betting against them. Right. And they're 11 point favorites at kickoff, right? So the game's in Dublin, Ireland. I didn't know that. Um, I thought that the game was going to be in Nebraska. Um, but either, either the case, the game's in Dublin, Ireland, right? They're there for a couple of weeks, um, practicing, you know, traveling around uh, Ireland, which is a beautiful country. I would love to visit there one day. Uh, if anyone has been there before, or if anybody's listening from Ireland, you know, feel free to DM me. Check, you know, hook me up with some uh, good spots to drink beer, travel, and whatnot. But uh, back to Nebraska sucking. But Nebraska, man, they are the epitome of, like, repeating the same thing of insanity. That's the word I'm looking for. They do the same thing over and over and over again, yearly, right? And yesterday was another example of that. So they're up, right? They're First off, they're up in the first half. They're, they're, they're looking great. I'm like, oh, wow, this team's going to win by 30 points. Like, first drive, come down, score a touchdown. Uh, Casey, Casey uh, what's his quarterback's name? Casey Thompson, I think is his name. Comes down, throws a touchdown. Uh, like a, it, was, it was like a 40-yard bomb. It was a beautiful. 
beautiful ball. I was like, oh yeah, this game's over. They got the guy from Pittsburgh calling plays and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is this is a wrap, right? And then Northwestern comes down. They, uh, I think they score a touchdown. Or no, no, no. They get they, they get a field goal, right? They come down, uh, 7-3. Nebraska comes back. They score another touchdown. Up, I think, like, 14-3 at that point. Maybe they scored a field goal. 10-3. They were up by uh, at least a field goal. I'm sorry, by at least a touchdown. So, anyways, um, game goes on. Game progresses. Northwestern gets the lead at halftime. No biggie. No biggie at all. Nebraska comes out. Thompson makes a beautiful play. Spins around. Fakes the run. Backs up, makes a Johnny Mandel look, throws the ball, chucks it deep, and then they get a touchdown on that same drive. It was a beautiful play to open up the third quarter. It was a beautiful play to just, in general, of any game, any point in any game. Even, even if they were losing that game, that's a beautiful play. Probably one of the best plays we'll see, um, you know, in, in this early, you know, season. So, um, they score a touchdown. They're up 11. They're like, okay, Nebraska's taking this game over. And then out of nowhere, they do an onside kick. An onside kick, and we're just like, me and my brother are watching the game. My brother, I'm like, what the heck? An onside kick? Where did this come from? And you're just like shocked. You just don't know where it came from, right? And you're just like trying to understand, okay, well, maybe he was trying to go up 18 instead of 11. Maybe he was scared that his defense couldn't get a stop. And I didn't really listen to this press conference after the game. I don't know if he was asked about it, uh, but... I mean, let's be honest, Nebraska fans, if anyone who who is a Nebraska fan, we understand, you know, this is what Nebraska does. This is what Scott Frost, Scott Frost has done the past, what has he been, since what, 2017, 2016, past like six seasons. This is what he's done every single year. He does this every single year. And it's to the point where I think Nebraska fans are immune to it. Like, just talking to Nebraska fans, like Nebraska players, Nebraska, you know, not, 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 not players, but people who root for Nebraska and whatnot. You've seen it on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, they were all, like, just waiting for the, you know, just just waiting for something to happen. Because that's what happens in Nebraska games. And then, you know, that onside kick was the domino effect. Everything just started fumbling from that point, and they ended up losing. Once 17-point favorites, they lose outright at 11-point closing. So, I say this. I say that. I say all that to say this. Scott Frost, Nebraska athletic director. I don't know who you are, but the the man needs to be fired. Right? He needs to be held accountable for his actions. He needs to be held accountable for continuing to make the same mistakes on an annual basis. And this is to, to the to the point where you had so much hype around your team, so many transfers, great recruiting class, just for you to make the same mistakes and lose. Next topic, we got Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Um, so, as everyone knows, Tom Brady has been out for, you know, he was, he took a, um, I, I guess it's a bereavement well, because of death. I guess it's not a bereavement, but he took a leave of absence from his team for 11 days. And sometimes you just need a break from work, right? I mean, I mean, I don't know about 11 days break, but, you know, if anyone has earned an 11-day break, it's Tom Brady, right? So, Tom Brady takes an 11-day break. He um, says it's because of personal matters. doesn't really go into it. And today he speaks for the first time, and he's all like, well, he's all like, you go through a lot of, he's like, he's like, I'm 45. I'm going through a lot of, you know, I'm 45 years old. So I'm like, something along the lines of, like, he's going through a lot of stuff right now. And it kind of made him relatable in a way. I mean, Tom Brady has always been a relatable individual, I think. He, and you know, from his combine, you know, his, him, him not being the fastest player, him just outsmarting everybody. Um, him, you know, being the most prepared person, uh, you know, to, to play the position of quarterback. 
um, just him being a winner, he's super relatable, you know, and people hate on him, you know, people love him, yeah, but at the end of the day, you gotta, you know, there's not too many people that don't respect the man, right, and Tom Brady is an individual who um, has earned the right to kind of, you know, do what he wants, right, at, you know, at the time that he wants, um, and no one kind of questions it. Um, but, uh, yesterday, you know, during their press conference and then watching them play as well. And then just, just seeing that Brady only played one series yesterday. It was just, I mean, it was just me thinking like, this is going to be a, this might be a rough year for the Buccaneers. And I'm not saying that they are going to miss playoffs. They're not going to win a division, but there will be some games where they're going to be close and they're going to be closer than what they want to be. So like games like the, against the Falcons, games against the Panthers, games where they'll probably be like eight point, nine point favorites. Those games are going to come down to the wire. And I think those games are going to be those games that the Bucks will end up winning. But on the same token, they're going to be, you know, uh, struggling to win those games. And you know, when you have a toll or when you do that and you take a toll on you, those games take a toll on you, right, week in, week out, you know, in a, um, from a competitive team, right, who players aren't really um, equipped to handle some of that stuff, like the, like the young offensive linemen, for example, I don't know how that's going to shake off, you know, come playoff time, come seeding time and whatnot. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still expecting, you know, the Bucks to win the AFC South. But just watching the game yesterday, I could see some struggle points during this time of the year. And I haven't looked at their schedule yet. You know, matter of fact, I can pull up the schedule right now and take a look at it just to kind of give you some insight of what I believe their record will be. Now, I did tell you guys last week I did take the over uh, of their win totals. Um, but, I mean, I'm every day, every day I'm, like, saying, dang, I shouldn't have done that because it was even odds, right? And anytime something even odds – you know, it's a it's 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 a challenge for that bet to hit because the public has been hammering that you know that that opposing number you know all all you know this whole time. So, um, you know, just looking at the regular season and seeing who they play, right? Uh, Cowboys week one, that's an easy win, should be an easy win, but that's a game where they could struggle, right? That's a game where they could literally struggle, right? And and end up losing that game in a shootout. Uh, I mean, all it takes is just one possession for Michael Parsons to get a, to get a, uh, you know, to get a, you know, strip sack or uh, Tra- Trayvon Diggs to get an interception or, you know, someone to force a turnover and, you know, the Cowboys win that game. The Saints, that's a very losable game because you know why? Brady has not been the Saints since he's played for the Buccaneers in the regular season, Right. So they could easily start off zero and two, and then they go and and then they play the they, they host the Packers, they host the Chiefs, you know. So I mean, they could easily start off zero and four. I mean, I've never seen a Brady team start off zero and four. I don't see it happening now. But if they start off zero and four, they could start off two and two. I don't see them going four and zero in these first four games. I just don't. It's just because these games are just a challenge. Now the good thing about this is that these are games that are early on in the season, so. Towards a later stretch of the season, they get a break and they play start playing easier teams. Schedule gets easier, schedule gets lighter, so that's a positive. But just looking at the schedule, just from you know from what I've seen, from what they're looking like, like I expect them to go two and two this stretch. You know, I, I expect them to beat the Cowboys. I expect them to beat the Packers. I think they're going to lose to the Saints and the in, in, in the Chiefs. I just do. Um, so, um, and then they play the the Buccaneers. I'm sorry, they play the Falcons. Uh, October. Uh, pull up the schedule again. Sorry, I had to switch the screen out. 
They play the Steelers after that. The Yeah, see, I mean, this is where it gets kind of lighter. So, you know, you can see them going, you know, what is this? 2-2, uh, 3-2, two 4-2, and 5-2. Two, and two, five and two. So, 5-2 and two going. And then they play, they, they host the Ravens. Um, I think it's Sunday night game. Um, no, actually Thursday night game. Thursday night game. So Thursday night game, quick recovery time. They play the they play the Panthers the Sunday prior. So that's a game where you may see a lot of running from a different from a lot of backs. Like because uh, Kayshawn Vaughn might get in the game. Um, the rookie Rashid Rashad White, uh, their backup guy. I forget who their name is, uh, but they're passing down back. I forget that guy's name. But those that, that that's a game where you'll see probably about four or five running backs play. Uh, against the Panthers, just because they're focused on that Ravens game, which is a way tougher opponent, they're gonna have to put away more points than versus the Panthers. So they start off five and two, they start off six and two, you know, and then they play the Rams, which is I don't know about the Rams this year. I I just don't. I I think they have some struggle points as well. Um, I think there's a lot of you know um, positivity coming from the Rams. Um, obviously, you know they just had that fight with with the Bengals. Aaron Donald was holding two helmets. But that same aggression is still there from the Rams defense. They added Bobby Wagner. So expect Bobby Wagner to have a huge impact in that linebacker group. It's just, it just is. You know, the running defense is going to be a lot better than it was last year. I expect that for, for a fact. Uh, and then they go to the Seattle Seahawks, the Browns. I mean, these are all easy wins. Um, you know, th- th- those two games. The Saints. So, I mean, this is going to be rough here for them. It just is. And for anyone to, you know, negate that, to say, oh, it's not, it's going to be a cake, you know, walk in the park, they're lying to you. It's just not going to be a, it's just not going to be a walk in the park for them. It's just not. And I think Brady knows that. And I think that's what he's taking time because he's know that that's, he's, he's going to have to prep as hard as he's had to prep all career. This is literally the worst offense line he's ever had to play with, you know, and He's had to play against, I mean, he had played with great offensive line, great coaching, great preparation throughout his whole career. And now he has to play against uh, injured core who, you know, let's face it, they're, they're second, third stringers going to be starting for the Buccaneers. And now you, you know, you, you, you're going to see the greatness from Brady once again with his preparation. And he's just getting ready for that. You know, he just, he just is. You know, all these games that he's looking at down the schedule, he's like, wow, this is a tough schedule. This is a tough 17 games. It just is. Um, next on the topic, let's see what we got. So, I mean, yeah, I, you know, just to kind of summarize it, I still expect the Buccaneers to make the playoffs, to win a division, but I'm still, I'm conscious on that 11 and a half. I'm conscious on them winning 12 games. I just am. I just don't, I just don't know. I just don't know if they can do it. I just don't. It's, it's a, it, I looked at it and I'm like, this is definitely a doable number because it's Brady. Brady, has he ever not won 12 games? You know, I mean, obviously he has, but I'm just saying, I mean, it's been a while. Um, all right, let's take a look at what we got next on the agenda. We got the Niners struggles. Uh, so, okay, so, I mean, listen, I, I listen to a lot of, a, a lot, a lot of Niners media. I just do. Um, I mean, I, 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 I live in the Bay Area. I'm from the Bay Area, and that's the only team in the Bay Area. So there's a lot of content about the Niners. Um, and all the Niners content people, they're all praising and raising about Trey Lance. And there's some guys who are honest, some guys who are very, very, very biased, so I don't really listen to them so much. But I have been saying it all off season, and if you've been listening to me, you know what I'm going to say next, that the Niners will struggle a lot this year. They, they just will. And they're not going to be, you know, blasting off 
20, 30-point wins. They just aren't. I mean, no teams really do that in NFL regardless, but they aren't going to be as good as people think they are. I just don't think that they will be that good. Now, I do believe their defense is the best it's been since probably the Harbaugh days, and that's saying a lot. But I do say on the other side that with their offense, with Trey Lance, Trey Lance just needs reps, man. And at the end of the day, like, Trey Lance just needs reps. And until he gets those reps, we are not going to know how good Trey Lance is and Trey Lance will be. We just don't. He's only played in 14 games in the past, what, like three seasons. He didn't play at all. He played in two games last year. Didn't look quite as good, but I watched his games over this year, and he looked like a rookie. He looked like a rookie who was playing for the first time, who's trying to understand a rough offense to learn for a, a quarterback because it's so it's so much timing with the passings, so much timing with his footwork when he's handing the ball off. There's just a lot of there's just a lot of technicality in the Shanahan offense that Trey Lance was not ready for last year. And that's super understandable. It is. It just is. Um, now he has Sudfield. Now he has, uh, what's the guy's name? The other guy in the quarterback room, Brady, Brady, something like that, um, uh, from Baylor. I forget, I forget his name. No no disrespect, but just I just forgot your name. I think it's Brock Brady, something like that. But anyways, they have a young quarterback room. So not a lot of guys. Sudfield, I think, is the, is the, the veteran quarterback who's been in that offense before. Um, you know, the, the longest. And you're going to see that maybe a veteran presence is needed in that quarterback room like Jimmy G. Now, to add on top of this, Jimmy G's contract becomes guaranteed. $26.5 million becomes guaranteed on Tuesday, August 30th. And I don't know what's going to happen, but that's crazy amount to guarantee to a backup quarterback. So I'm probably, and you got Bosa to play. You got Bosa to pay. You got, uh, well, I guess you already paid Debo. So I guess Bosa's your only big guy you got to pay. Um, Kittle probably wants to get another contract before he, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, his contract is up. So you got a lot of things. You got a lot of t- decisions to make. So, um, but yeah, Trey Lance, he's just not ready, man. I mean, I'm just looking at his preseason uh, tape, you know, just watching his games. And it's just a lot of flustering. Like he's missing a lot of easy reads that he should be making. Like, uh, one of the plays where it was a crossing pattern, it was third down. Uh, it was like third and five or six, like third and medium. And um, Debo goes, he goes, because, okay, so when I'm watching the offense, I, I I can see things that I believe. And obviously, I don't know what's happening because I'm not in those rooms. But I can speculate. And the play was a, a crossing route for Ayuk. And I believe Debo assignment was not to get the ball because he was running like full speed and Trey Lynch threw him the ball like a like a like a streak route he threw him ball on a fade and Ayuk was wide open on a cross route for about a 30 yard gain he's a, he he had to have seen him because he looked over because because Brandon Ayuk is under Debo so he had to have seen him but he just wanted to get the big play and those are plays in the NFL that you're not going to be able to make anymore, Trey Lance. You're just not. You can't make those plays. You see something, you take it. It's easy as that. And that's the thing that I'm watching Byron Lethwich pivot episode with uh, Fred Taylor, Ryan Clark, and uh, Shannon Crowder. And they had Byron Lethwich on. And Byron Lethwich says, because because they asked him, what makes Tom Brady so great? He's all like, he's just simple. He takes, he's just, he simplifies the game. He takes what the defense gives him. He doesn't force anything. And that's and when you got guys like Aaron Rodgers, when you got guys like uh, Peyton Manning, when you got guys like Brady, he's in that conversation. 
obviously. Um, those guys, they take what defense gives them. They don't force anything. Now, on the flip side, you have guys like Mahomes. You have guys like Josh Allen. You have guys like, uh, who else? Brett Favre. Guys like Dan Marino. Guys like that, historically, who 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 do that, who take what defense gives them, but they take, they also just take. They don't, they don't, they don't really take what the defense gives them. They, they force everything in. And you can be successful at that at times, but you're not on that level at the moment. Now, Trey Lynch, when you prove to be at that moment, you know, after this point, then yeah, do whatever you want. But I don't think you're going to be like that on another level with Kyle Shanahan as your OC. And to add to that, I think we'll get a lot of running plays with Trey Lynch. I just do. I don't think that they're going to be running the ball as much as they do with Debo. Debo had 100-plus attempts last year. I don't think he gets that. I think that gets cut in half, maybe like 50, 60 attempts this year. And I think that Trey Lynch will, will run the ball a lot more than he, than he, than he, than, uh, you know, than people are expecting Trey Lynch not to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, let's take a look at the Niners season because, and this is going to be a long episode. So take your time, kick your feet up, man. And just, just enjoy the breakdown that I'm giving you. All right. Because I really live for this. And I think that the Niners have a good chance of winning the division this year. I do. I, I picked them to win it last week. You guys, you, you guys heard me, but at the end of the day, it, that doesn't mean that they aren't going to struggle. So they have what three? I say two easy games throughout the year. They play the Bears and they play the Seattle Seahawks. These are must wins. You look at your schedule. You look at the first six games. I always always look at the first six games of the NFL schedule, just because like that's when you can see how good the team's going to be from that point. Now sometimes it doesn't go as planned. It doesn't go as what you expected. But at the end of the day. This is a accurate depiction of how good this team's gonna be, right? So Niners are, you know, historically known with Kyle Shanahan to start off slow, finish strong. That's what they do. But this year they have to start off strong because I'm looking at the back end of their of their uh, of their uh, schedule, and it's not as easy as it has been in past years. So let's start it off, right? The Bears and the Seahawks first two games on the slate, those are must wins. They have to win those games to start up two and zero, right? Then they go to Denver on a Sunday night, it looks like. This game is going to be a tough game to win because I don't know how Trey Lynch is going to look. And he's going to a, let's face it, he's going to a different atmosphere. Literally, the elevation there will make you like lose breath like instantly, you know, and it's going to be a different atmosphere. So I don't know if he's going to be able to run around a lot. I don't know what the case will be, but I do know this, that, Russell Wilson, he smells blood. He knows it's the Niners. He knows what their defense does. He's been playing them for the past, what, 12 seasons. He knows what to expect from them. 11 seasons, however long he's been in the league for. So he knows what to expect from the Niners defense, especially the same core that they've already had for the past couple of seasons. I can see them losing this game. So I'm going to say they lose this game, start off 2-1, right? Then they go play the Rams. They host the Rams on Monday night. This is a game where I expect them to win. Kyle Shanahan destroys Sean McVay. He owns the Rams. They win this game, 3-1. and one. They go to Carolina. This is a trap game. This will be a trap game because look at the last, look at the look at the two before games. They play the Broncos. They play the, they play the, they play the, uh, the Rams. If they win these two games back-to-back, this is a trap game. Now, if they lose the Broncos game, they win the Rams game, then I think they'll dominate this game. But if they win both of these games, the Broncos and Rams game, this is a game that they could lose. So this is a game that Niner fans need to mark on their calendar and kind of expect them to 
you know, be ready for this game because if they're not, they could lose this game, easily lose this game. Um, I can see DJ Moore going off for a big game that that year. I mean that game. So um, October 9th, Niner fans, please have that game marked on your, on your calendar. Just do because it's a game that you guys could lose. It is. Um, then they go to Atlanta, easy win. You know, so what 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 do we have, man? We have two, three. Was that three and one? You know, four. I'm gonna say they won the Panthers game. So four and one, five and one. Then they go play the Chiefs. This is a game that they, I think they're gonna lose. I just don't think that they have the. Um, I don't think Trey Lance is at that level yet to to beat Mahomes one on one. So five and two. Then they go to the Rams. I think they lose this game five and three. Then they go to the Chargers. Or excuse me, sorry. Chargers come to them five and four. So you see what I'm saying? Their 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 schedule gets tougher as the year goes on. So they gotta they gotta collect those W's easy, those easy wins, you know, quote unquote easy wins. They gotta they, they gotta win early on. You know, then they five and four, they play the Cardinals. I'm gonna say they win this game six and four. Saints seven and four. Dolphins, that's a toss-em. It is. Um, but I'm gonna say eight and four, they win that game. Buccaneers, they lose that game, eight and five. Seahawks win that game nine and five. Commanders another toss up game on Christmas Eve, uh, but I'll say they win that game ten and four. They play the Raiders tough game. Oh, I I don't think they win that game. I just don't. And then and then and then the last game of the season is going to decide if they win eleven games or if they win ten games. Uh, but I do think that this is going to be a 10-11 win team. So so I'm looking at the schedule. I did I, ma- I mapped it out. This is going to be a tough year for them. It just is. It's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Some two-game losing streaks, but Niner friends, it's okay because this is going to be a. I, I I don't expect to win the Super Bowl this year as a Niner fan. If I'm if, if I'm a Niner fan, I just don't. You know, I expect to have a good season, a division winning season, a playoff winning season. But you aren't quite there yet. Trey Lance is not at that level to win the Super Bowl this year. He's just not. Um. But yeah, last thing on the I think the slate today is the NFL contract with. Um, Apple TV and the Amazon deal. So let's talk about the Amazon deal for a quick minute, uh, just because. Um, so John Minokoff, he's one of my uh, podcasters I listen to like on a weekly basis. He has a podcast called Three Now, and uh, he's talking about the Amazon deal and um, how um, like effective it is, right? So I I, I didn't realize how um, you know uh, how 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 much how much money the NFL is making from these streaming rights deal. Amazon's paying the NFL a billion dollars a year to have Thursday night football. One game a year. I mean, sorry, one game a week. They're paying a billion dollars for it. And, you know, the way John Middlecoff, you know, you know, uh, kind of, you know, made it seem or the way he explained it was that the NFL, that Amazon's taking a, taking a loss, but they know at the end of the day they're going to be winning money. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be the only team I'm sorry, only uh, streaming service hosting Thursday Night Football. And then eventually, uh, this is my opinion, eventually they'll get to host, um, you know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, Sunday, maybe they'll have a Sunday NFL ticket package in the next, you know, after the contract ends, you know, in 2033. Maybe they'll be able to host a Super Bowl event in 2033, and that's going to give them more, way more money than just what, a, a, a billion dollars. They may just make a billion dollars from the Super Bowl, you know, in one day. So... I said to say this, man, they're the when you compare what Apple is paying or sorry, what Apple is yeah, paying the MLB. Apple TV is paying MLB eighty five million dollars a year. Amazon is paying 
NFL a billion a year. They're not even in the same category in terms of just rights, in terms of just like level of just, just like viewership. Like it's just ridiculous. It is just ridiculous how impactful, like how impactful the NFL is compared to just any other sport. It just does not make sense. I mean, it makes sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to the average viewer. And I'm looking at the deal and, you know, um, NFL, sorry, not NFL, but the NFL uh, may uh, be making more money. Well, we'll be making more money with the Sunday NFL ticket package. So Sunday NFL ticket package, the rights in, I think, next year. Uh, this is the last season where the Sunday NFL ticket will be on DirecTV. So the NFL's thinking that we're going to go to streaming platforms to kind of, you know, make money and um, have the NFL Sunday ticket on Apple TV or YouTube TV or whatever the case may be, right? So um, with that being said, NFL, or sorry, Apple Apple TV is offering $4 billion a year to host, to have Sunday NFL ticket. And I think that what we're seeing is just a huge shift in, in just the way that we watch TV, right? We watch TV, you know, you go to your friend's t- couch, you know, and M- Middlecock made this point where you go to like your friend's, you know, couch or you go to your friend's room, um, you know, you go to their friend's house. They Most of the time you don't have a friend that has a cable box. They have YouTube TV. They have smart TV, all these streaming apps, right? And you're seeing a loss in cable boxes. Like my parents, I live in my parents' house right now at the moment. Uh, visiting, I'm visiting them, I'm sorry. Um, in, in Georgia, right? And they have a cable box. And my mom always complains. Oh my gosh, I wish there was another sh- like streaming service. My mom wants to just get like YouTube TV. Oh yeah, I liked it, but it, it just didn't have everything I needed. So in three years from now, I guarantee that she will have YouTube TV. It's because it's going to have everything that she wants on it, right? Now, there are certain, like she doesn't even, like my mom doesn't even watch a lot of TV. Like they, they, they just don't. My mom watches a lot of streaming shows. She surfs the internet a lot and stuff like that, right? <laughs> So she's going to realize eventually in a couple years down the road that she's not going to need. She's like, why am I paying Xfinity $200 or $280 a month? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to get internet, get a streaming box, whatever the case may be, and just stream every, everything. Because there's it, there's no purpose 10 years from now. There's just no purpose to have a streaming box. I'm sorry, no purpose to have a cable box while you're while you're watching TV. Now the now the only flip side is and this is where the NFL and media companies, streaming companies need to fix is just the lag. Even if it's just a 5 second lag, a 3 second lag, it's just the lag kills me, which is why I pay for um, you know, pay for cable and I have cable boxes is because the lag that you get when you're streaming is just horrible. Like even on the NBA League Pass, it's it's like almost 2 minutes from just the current possession to when you're watching on a TV. And it just does not make any sense. Same thing with the NFL. When you stream NFL, it's just horrible. Now, Amazon, their streaming is is brilliant. Now, I, I don't watch MLB, so I don't know how it is. But I know with the with the Amazon Prime, their streaming is perfect. You watch it on NF, you watch it on Amazon Prime, you see it on, um, you know, it's, it's the same time as you see it on, on NFL Network. So... Um, well, at least that's what it was last year, right? This year, I guess NFL Network won't have Thursday night, so it'll just be on Amazon Prime. But at the end of the day, this is a big, this is a big, 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 big deal for all people. Uh, even if you don't watch sports, this is going to change how you watch TV because you're not going to because sooner or later, people aren't going to be going next to to get kill boxes. They, they just aren't. 
And the NFL realizes that. And other sports need to realize that as well. Uh, otherwise, they're going to get left in the rain. They just are. Um, but um, I don't think there's anything else to talk about today. Uh, I think we're good. Um, yeah, I mean, but I mean, this is just I think the NFL is always ahead of the time. And I think that they understand how important the audience is. And I understand they believe they, they, they know how to, you know, target their audience. That, that's never been an issue for the NFL. The, the biggest thing for the NFL, and I guess this is where I can lead off, uh, actually, is dealing with the public and when it comes to punishing the players. And this is uh, last thing I'll talk about, and that's it, is the Matt Areza. I think that's his name. Uh, they call him, He has a nickname. I forget the nickname. San Diego State kicker or punter was accused of uh, gang rape uh, on a minor, 17-year-old. Um, and there's reports. I, I, I never like to cast like, oh, this is what's wrong with the world and all this stuff. You know, I just don't just because I, I, I just don't think that's right uh, to do. Uh, but at the same token, I'm looking at the the documents. I'm looking at how, you know, how the girl called him and he admitted, you know, or he, he told her to get tested for STDs. And then he, you know, she says, oh, so we did do it. And he goes off and says, oh, no, I don't remember what happened last night. My name is Matt Areza. I'm not, it, it's just, it, it just, there's a lot of guilty stuff going, you know, going out in the road. And I can't really cast judgment on the guy just because all the facts aren't out yet. Just as just one side of it. But it's not looking too good for the guy. It just isn't. Um, and um, Brandon Bean, GM of the Beals, made a decision to cut him yesterday. And, um, I think it was the right move. Um, it was, it just was, it, it just, anytime a player is associated with sexual assault, sexual misconduct, rape, in this case, it's just, that stigma is going to circle you for the rest of your career. It just is. And, um, you know, that's why players like Darius guys, you know, first over for first, first pick overall for the Redskins a few years back, now the commanders a few years back. And, um, um, he's free to sign with whoever, but no NFL team is touching him because of the domestic violence charge that he feel that, you know, that, you know, that he had. So even though the charges were dropped, I believe, you know, it is just, that's why the, the, the Sean Watson case is an outlier because, um, he denied, 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 he gets a loving and suspension. So we understand that he has a suspension and whatnot, but, Deshaun Watson obviously is different because he's a franchise quarterback. Matt Areza, unfortunately, he's a punter uh, who doesn't get the quite the same, um, you know, uh, level of confidence in our, uh, I guess, level of confidence. I mean, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the guy got paid $230 million, Deshaun Watson. You know, you got to be confident in a guy to play if you're going to give him that much money, guaranteed. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it, once the NFL has a clear judgment or a clear punishment, of what happens to players once, you know, something happens, once they, you know, do a violation, whether it be a suspension, whether it be a, uh, you know, a um, community service, whether it be a fine, just have something in the guidelines, right? Have something in the guidelines. I'm not one of those people who thinks, oh, you make one bad mistake, you can't play in the NFL ever again. That's not who I am as a person, just because I believe we all fall short sometimes. No, maybe not as big as other people. I'm not saying that everyone does what other people do. But we all make mistakes at times, right? And sometimes we need a second chance. And I believe second chances are, you know, should happen and will happen in the future. But 
you need a guideline. You need guidelines to understand what to do when these certain events happen. And obviously, these are events that you don't think your players should be doing in the first place. But in case they do, this is the punishment for it. So uh, with that being said, I'm out of here. No more topics today. Um, college football this Saturday. Um, I'm super excited just because Georgia Bulldogs. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, that, that's my team this year. Uh, I, it college football. I'm a bandwagon fan just because I went to UC Santa Cruz. No colleges. I mean, no college football at there. We had a trash basketball team. Sorry guys, but y'all weren't good. I, I know my man. You know, I got a lot of guys who were on that team, but y'all just weren't good. Um, good volleyball team though. You know, I think it was like D two or thing. Um, but yeah, man, swimming team was D one, I believe, which was good. Uh, but yeah, I just. Man, Georgia Bulldogs, those those are my guys this year. I, I think they repeat. I do. I, I do. I just do. I I got them plus 300 to repeat. Or plus 375, actually, to repeat this year. Uh, super juiced. Um, and I'm happy to root for them this year. All right, so go, dogs. Go, my boy Stetson Bennett. My boy Bowers. Um, Armstead. Um, who else is on that? Mitchell. Um, the running back. I forget the guy's name, but I'll, it'll come to my head after the podcast is over. But Bulldogs, we're going all the way, all right? We are.